We're here today with, uh, tonight, uh, at the beautiful um, Evergreen Brickworks with Gary McMullen, founder of Muskoka Brewery. Um, Gary, it's been a long time in the making for us to have this chat, so thanks very much for taking the time to do it. Making, 20 years in the making, 20 years in the making. I've been a Muskoka drinker for as long as I can remember, yeah. since it was Lakes of Muskoka Brewery. Yeah. And, uh, and we've certainly known each other a long, long time, so it's nice to have the chance to chat today. Yeah, it's awesome. Thanks, guys. Um, I thought I'd kick it off just for those that may not be familiar with how, um, how far back you go in Ontario beer, um, how uh, Muskoka Brewery got started, how you got into the scene, and how the, the brewery all came about. Sure, I'll give you the uh, close notes on that. Sure. Um, so the brewery opened in 1996, June 15th, 1996 to be exact. Um, and actually, um, it was really, I'll say, you know, the brainchild of myself and a good friend of mine, Kirk Evans. Um, we both grew up together in Huntsville, playing lacrosse and hockey, track and field, all that fun stuff together. Both went our separate ways after uh, high school into university and... Um, I ended up going into the military and <clears throat> spent about eight and a half years there, but I, I started homebrewing in the early 90s after university and was enjoying it as a hobby. Um, and I would go home from Ottawa where I was living kind of, uh, and I, like enough, I called Muskoka my home still and I lived in Ottawa, but I would go home in the summertime and I, w I would always connect up with Kirk. He was a, you know, just one of those guys that you could pick up the conversation you know a year later with it, and it felt like five minutes later and so yeah. one day in I guess it was 94 uh, May of 94 I kicked this idea to him say hey you know I've been I've been I've started homebrewing as a hobby um, I see lots of great things happening in the U.S. industry I think this is an industry that's really going to take off and there's no brewery in Muskoka and we should open one and he looked at me like you know why would we do that there's <laughs> yeah. a there's a literally he said there's a big one down the highway <coughs> so Kirk was coaching uh, kids lacrosse at the time and he was coming across for a tournament in Ottawa the following weekend I said look come over for dinner and we'll have this conversation again and so the story I tell everyone is when he woke up Sunday morning he, he was slightly hung over but he was convinced that opening a brewery was a great idea <laughs> so whatever I said worked um, so we, we started the brewery project together in 94 and um, you know Remarkably enough, a couple of years later, we were able to pull the financing together and uh, and launch the brewery in uh, in June of '96. And as fate would have it, um, Kirk's not with us anymore. He was in a bad car accident at the end of the first summer, actually August 28th. He was in a car accident, and he passed away in early '97. And uh, but if you if you have a chance to come to the brewery and you come into the retail store, you'll see um, a nice painting of Kirk in behind the bar, and uh, it was actually. Um, a painting that was taken from a photo from our grand opening day, and uh, I always joke with people that, that you know, behind the bar was where Kirk liked liked to hang out. So yeah. he's still there. It still hangs out to this day. Yeah, that's great. Um, I wanted to ask you, like, I've been uh, around the time you opened is when I started to get into beer, or at least wanting to get into interesting beer. And it was it was pretty dire back then in Ontario. What was it like to? open up back then because there wasn't a lot of other breweries around you must have must have been kind of a bit of a bit of an interesting time <coughs> because there wasn't as much of a community 
as there is today. Yeah, it was very. It was early days for craft beer um, or microbrew beers, we called it back then. Yeah. Um, there were some early starters. Like I, I remember when I was living in Ottawa, I used to go around to the beer stores desperately looking for brick brewery beer. Mm-hmm. From Jim's early days, they opened in I think '83 or '84, and then Upper Canada opened '86. Yeah. Welly was opened as well in yeah. the late late '80s. So there were a few there. Um, we got to know Lauren Hart from Hart Breweries, yeah. um, and the folks from Copperhead in Ottawa. And we, oh yeah, Kirk and I made it a mission. We went around to as many breweries as possible to get to know the people and ask them about the brewing industry. And everyone told us that we were crazy to start another brewery <laughs> but we did it anyhow um so but it was it was um it was also exciting there was you know Quartha Lakes Brewery opened at the same time as us um, yeah I remember them uh, Andrew Cousins and Jonathan Concour who opened that up and we we used to chat um about the industry and where it was going and had lots of fun but it was um it was very much pioneering when we opened our brewery in 96 we had only one beer it was muskoka cream ale and yeah. you know as as the beer sits here now it's a it's a british style pale ale that you know was i would say reasonably sessionable a very food friendly beer um but at the time when we opened the brewery we, we had a lot of local clientele coming in and saying well you know why are you making a beer like that? You know, why don't you make a beer like Coors Light? <laughs> and uh, we, you know, our answer was Coors does a very good job of making Coors Light, and we don't want to compete with them, um, and we want to do something different. So, um, yeah, it was definitely um, it was uphill in, in a lot of respects in the early days, and particularly being in small town Ontario. But well, we had um, we served a lot of customers that were, I'll say, Toronto centric that had cottages in Muskoka. Yeah. <clears throat> the people we were working with to get. Um, I'll say the beers to the mouths of those customers in many respects were local small town folks who didn't really understand what was going on with the, the evolution of beer and mm-hmm. so we, we had to work really closely with them to kind of educate them to say well this might not be your cup of tea right now yeah. but give it 20 years and it will be yeah. <laughs> um, but it was fun it was a good journey yeah so. you mentioned cream ale being your uh, your original brew um, now of course you've got I mean everything we had a coffee stout tonight we had Winter Vice. Um, how? When did you start to experiment with with interesting styles and, or different styles outside of your original uh, original cream ale? And when did? Like, how did that start to take hold? When we started the brewery originally, we had <coughs> kind of said, you know, as we got into it, we were like, wow, this is a really complicated business. We have to do everything from, you know make the product from scratch sell it market it distribute it collect the receivables it's it's a fairly complex business and so kirk and i had kind of agreed from the outset that we wanted to keep it simple and focus on making one beer and doing it really well and getting the process down pat the quality down pat around that beer um, before we started to add other products to the portfolio and um it was probably three years in before we actually launched our our second beer um so we launched the steam beer and I think it was 99 and it was short-lived after our um, brief but uh, valiant legal battle with Anchor Brewery. <laughs> um, I think you're not the only one who has yeah, had to deal with that. Spot that juggernaut. So um, really we wanted to make sure we got the process down pat and procedures and quality and all that stuff and then we could delve out from there. So we, we launched the steam beer in 99 and... Um, you know, at the time, even, you know, I'll say prior to 2001, um, 
when excise tax changed, um, and then 2003 in the province of Ontario when, when the provincial tax structure changed, we were, you know, when people say, you know, it, it was a, we were doing it because it was a passion, that nothing could be uh, more exacting on the truth because yeah. it was really difficult to make money. The um, taxes were a huge burden on, on a small business and, um, you know, we were, we were just breaking even and we were working really hard to make that happen. So when, when the tax structure changed, that, that gave us more profitability to start to also expand the portfolio. So as we moved into 2001, 2002, 2003, we started to add uh, products to the portfolio and I think we launched the, the Summer Vice in 2005, 2006 and then we really started to roll out um, more brands and I'll say a, a big probably turning point was when we did the rebranding of our portfolio in 2011. Yeah. That was when we launched the Mad Tom IPA. Yeah. <clears throat> and it was actually our first brand. So uh, up to that point in time, we had you know Muskoka Cream Ale, Muskoka Dark Ale, Muskoka Hefeweiss, mm -hmm. um, Muskoka the Honey Lager. Styles. They were all master yeah. brand-led mm -hmm. um, style specific. And Mad Tom was our first brand that... Um, and we were working with um, the folks at Rethink at the time. We said, yeah. you know, we want you to, you know, come up with a, you know, let, let's think about a sub-brand and, and how that might work. And um, it, w it was funny because we went into the meetings and they said, so we've, we've come up with a bunch of names, you know, for uh, for the cream ale, cottage cream ale, this cream ale. What do you think? What do you think mm -hmm. you should call the cream ale? I said, Muskoka cream ale, I think, works really well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so let's not do. play with that. <laughs> and so we we were then going to launch an IPA, and and uh, we struggled over a name for it. And we were, it was actually um, Daryl Ball, who's our chain accounts manager. His wife had done some research on Muskoka, and um, I remember we were down actually at the Craft Brewers Conference in San Francisco, and getting close to the point in time where we had to land this name and get this product to market because we had already created the profile for the yeah. beer in some respects, and. Um, um, Daryl's wife came and said, "Well, there's a there's a, a, a catfish that's indigenous to Muskoka. Um, it's nicknamed the Mad Tom. That uh, that might be interesting." And I, I said, "Well, I don't really want to name our beer after a catfish." <laughs> so we were sitting down at this at the Craft Brewers Conference, and uh, I remember Janice McDonald, Bob, uh, my partner's uh, um, wife. We were all sitting around humming and humming about names. And she said, "Look, you got like, you know." two minutes and you're going to pick a name <laughs> so, so we landed on mad tom and then we we actually handed the idea over to um jeff harrison who was at rethink at the time in, in the group and said you know see if we can come up with this and it was working with jeff and, and the team there they they helped us create the character mad tom mm -hmm. which which evolved and, and ha has many connections to um to muskoka in terms of the you know the whether it's related to the tom thompson um yeah. history or whether it's related to the catfish etc but it left us lots of uh, lots of flexibility in the style so yeah I mean I I mean my my profession and my day job is is the marketing industry and so I've I've always been uh, I've always admired like that 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 you took a lead in so far as putting a, a, a good branding into the craft beer world because up to that point I think in Ontario there wasn't a lot of that it was good general identity and but as you said with like cream ale and dark ale mostly just style specific and not yep. brand not brand driven yep. um, products in the craft world and I think 
I mean, it's a good testament to the success that you've had with that product that that kind of thing really does help when it comes to selling beer because it's worked for you guys and and it continued seems to continue to do so to this day yeah and it's interesting because i think it's also part of um part of the journey of the industry right when we were when we were launching beers in the you know in the 90s and you know, we launched i think in 2000 we launched the dark ale and the honey lager you know consumers were at a fairly early stage too where I think they needed to be able to connect fairly easily to the brands, et cetera, too, um, because there was such a... It's a bit like, you know, in the 70s when in the wine industry was there's red wine, there's white wine, and there's baby duck. Mm-hmm. We were kind of at that stage in the beer industry, and it needed to be fairly clear to the consumer what we were presenting to them. And I think as the consumer education has evolved... Um, so too must the you know the branding um, with the beers and it's been it's been fun for us yeah i totally agree um so we're here uh tonight your uh muskoka hosted a a really nice dinner at the brickworks to uh sort of i I guess lead into the winter season um do you want to talk about the the beers that we had today and what's what's to come in the next um little while from uh, muskoka's uh portfolio standpoint yeah, we we had to, we started off tonight with the Harvest Ale, which is um, <clears throat> it's probably the seasonal that I most look forward to um, in our portfolio. It's it's um, you know British style, you know pale ale base, seven um, percent alcohol, um, nicely dry hop to uh, you know to be very reminiscent of the you know the the smell of the harvest mm-hmm. time of yeah. the year. And um, I find it goes really well with the time of the year in terms of the, the, the cooler evenings, the you know the uh, the Christmas of the air, et cetera, that you get this time of the year, and it pairs really well with you know nice robust meals. And so I always have fun with that one when it comes back. Um, really enjoy it. Um, we also tried the uh, Muskoka Winter Vice, which is a seasonal that we launched. I guess the first time was about three years ago. We tried it on draft initially and had had great success with it, and yeah. it was. It's kind of the twin brother to our summer vice, where we kind of felt there was a hole in our portfolio for a, like a, a year-round wheat beer, and and so we wanted to do a dunkel uh, dunkel vice to uh, to complement what we were doing with their, our summer vice, and um, it's worked out really well. It's it's evolved nicely, and it's become a an important part of our portfolio from a seasonal perspective. So it spans kind of the winter months. Um, then the next beer that we tried tonight was um, was a new one to the portfolio. We just launched recently. It's in our survival packs right now, um, and will be launched in the LCBO later this year. I think hopefully by December, if all things go as planned. <coughs> um, and it's uh, it's it's a stout that we've actually used um, coffee from the local roastery, Muskoka Roastery. Um, we used a lumberjack blend of coffee, and we cold brewed the coffee and then blended it with our stout to create um, our beer, which is called Muskoka Shinnikid Stout. And we had a lot of fun with this particular beer. We were really struggling with names for this particular beer, and it was actually Todd Lewin, our VP Sales and Marketing, that spent many, uh, I think, a sleepless night trying to find a word that has gone out of use in the English mm-hmm. language <laughs> and find a relevancy to the beer we were doing. And he, he stumbled upon this word, shenikit, um, which is kind of that state of, of shivering if you jump into cold water or or, uh, or, or maybe, uh, you know, get a cold blast of air in the winter. And uh, so once we came up with that name, um, we were able to work with Andrew Crowder to, to really... Who, who did the formulation for this particular beer to really um, craft this the beer around that um, 
style and then to also work again with our, our design agency to come up with a really um, awesome branding for it so mm -hmm. it's been a lot of fun it's really nice i much prefer drinking the beer <coughs> rather than being uh in the cold water in the winter yeah, time yeah, we're gonna have fun with that um one. uh i i just wanted to ask you you know i like like you said you, you've been around doing this since 96 um you know what's been what's your, what's been the favorite beer that you've made at Muskoka? Like, what's the one that when you look back over your uh, 20, um, 20 year career as the owner of the brewery? Um, I mean, what, what's what's your go to uh, uh, out of everything that you've ever made? I think you know, for me, each of the beers we make has a kind of a place in in my mind and. and location and season etc that that fits really well but if i was to pick you know i had to pick one beer that i was going to take to you know valhalla with mm. me or wherever we yeah. end up it would be the cream ale and yeah it's um you know it's the beer we started the brewery with it's the it's the beer that um that you know we we struggled um for the early years with that in terms of one the challenge of of uh tragedy of losing of, of losing Kirk a sure. friend and a business partner and two just finding our way in the marketplace um, and so it, you know it's a it's a really versatile beer and I think it's a it, in many res respects that beer is probably a good reflection of the type of company that we try to aspire to be to be flexible to be versatile to be approachable um, and to also continue to be unique so um, it'd have to be the cream ale great um, well, Gary, it's been a pleasure chatting with you. Um, like I said, I've been uh, drinking um, your beer for 20 plus years, or yeah, based 20 and change. Um, thanks for everything you've done for the Ontario beer scene, and uh, look forward to uh, more great beers to come. Awesome. Thanks for your time, Cass. Appreciate thanks, it. Gary. Cheers.